welcome to the Grasping Life podcast. I'm your host, Lane Kimbrough. I just graduated from George Fox University, and I'm on a journey to become the absolute best version of myself, and it's inspired me to start this podcast to speak to exceptional people on all areas of life, mindset, purpose, faith, and so much more. I'm really excited you're here. In this season, I speak with eight stellar George Fox University 2020 graduates on their unique backgrounds, time at George Fox, mindset about life and faith, and how they're approaching the future. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, Jill Sigris, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, of course, Lane. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I'm happy we, we were able to make this work, quarantine and all. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, so, Jill, I just wanted to start out. I mean, you and I have really gotten close really this last year, to be honest, and it all kind of yeah. stemmed with both of us just being intentional about where we're headed and intentional mm-hmm. with the way that we're growing, who the people were around, the content we're consuming all that kind of stuff. And something that we're both now able to relate on is that you're starting a podcast or you started a podcast. Yeah. And so I'd love yeah. just to start out, you know, what's your podcast on and just explain a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I run a podcast called Bite Size Philosophy. Um, we launched on February 18th. So a little bit, a little bit over a month ago now um, when we're recording this. Um, and it's, episodes that are less than 10 minutes that are like practical philosophy ideas that we can actually think about and actually put into practice. Right. Um, so it's meant to be more, more focused around actual solutions and things that you can put into play rather than, um, something that's just to think about and more ethereal. Um, yeah. So, uh, we've talked about a couple different things. One of my favorite episodes has been about the five by five rule. Uh, that talks about you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, the five ideas you think about the most, the foods you're eating the most, the five um, habits you do the most regularly. And then oh, I said I'm out of order. I don't remember which ones I said. Um, and then and then um, another thing. Um, yeah. And so that's that's been an idea that has really shaped uh, my life at Fox um, and shaped my life outside of Fox also uh, over the last several years. Um yeah. And so, so I'll take five to seven minutes and talk about that idea. Um, and it's meant as like the first step, right? It's not meant as the end of the conversation. It's meant to be the start. And so then I've had a lot of people reach out to me and be like, Hey, I, like, I want to talk about this because here's how I've seen it play out. Um, and so that's been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had someone, um, yesterday reach out to me on Instagram. Um, someone that I don't know and had never like followed or anything. Um, reached out to me and said, Hey, I've been looking for like a philosophy podcast. That's like less than 10 minutes to fit with my morning routine. And yours just came up on like my Spotify search. And so I started listening to it and I wanted to tell you it's really good. Um, and so it's been cool to like have people reach out and to like hear about it that yeah, some people care about it. We just passed uh 1200 streams on, on wow. the overall Congrats. podcast. So that's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank and you. You're what, what are you eight or yeah. nine episodes in now? Uh, nine episodes in, I believe. Nice. So yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I got to ask why, yeah. why'd you start the podcast? What was the point of it? Yeah. So, so part of what I want to do long term is I want to be, um, like a public speaker, um, and kind of like a public figure, uh, and do paid speaking and like travel to different colleges and businesses and that sort of thing and conferences and do paid speaking on different topics. 
So to do that, I wanted to like figure out what are the steps to get there, right? Like reverse engineer what that life looks like. And so looking at like being a paid speaker, I'm like, before that, I need to be like a pro bono speaker and like have some, some like cred behind my name. But before that, like I need a platform where people know what I talk about. And so for that, I was like, why not start a podcast? Um, and so I've thought about starting a couple different podcasts. Uh, and this has been the, the one that I've ended up most passionate about when I fleshed out the idea the most. Um, and so I shelved a few other ideas and ran with bite-sized philosophy. And so far it's going really well. So yeah, that's great. It's interesting. You say that you had a couple ideas because we've talked about this. And so yeah. explain your first podcast idea that you did this last summer. And what mm-hmm. happened with it? Yeah. Yeah. So the first podcast idea I had was focused around the transition from university to um, a world outside of college, right? A world outside of education. Um, that's something that's very close to my heart, right? As a student graduating now in the next three weeks. Um, and last summer, I it was something that was scary to me, right? Um, because it seemed very unknown um, and very foreign. And so... My idea was to then bring in people and do interviews, kind of like this sort of thing, um, but to talk specifically about the transition from what does it look like to live at a college campus or like on or near a college campus where all your friends are to then moving off campus, moving to New York, moving to Seattle, moving to San Francisco, wherever it is where you might not know anyone. And what does that transition look like? For a lot of reasons, it just didn't work very well. Um, the I I don't think I was very developed in the way that I like led those conversations, and so a lot of the like topics ended up sounding stale um, and sounded kind of forced. I also didn't have great recording equipment, so I wanted to do them all in person, um, and just the quality of like the the audio quality was really low, um, and so it was. Like I didn't want to edit them because they weren't very good and I didn't want to pay someone to edit them because I didn't think they were very good. And so, so, um, couldn't figure out like a few of the logistical things to go with it. So had to put that on the shelf for a while, but Mm. so I still went and did all the interviews and still went and like talked to all the people and just didn't publish anything Mm. and just didn't record anything. So yeah, no, it's great. It's funny you say you didn't think they were very good because I just want to, I just want to ask you like, if you can be transparent, do you feel like when you put your podcast out now, do you feel like it was perfect? I don't think it was perfect by any means. Um, but I think it's more focused mm. and it's more direct. And so I understand the goals of this podcast and I understand why I'm doing it a lot better than that other one. So whereas I don't think that every episode of Bite Size Philosophy is perfect by any means, I think they're all like easy to listen Mm -hmm. to and i think they're all things that like if you put it on and you listen to it you're like oh yeah this is like a legitimate podcast Mm -hmm. whereas the other one it was like ah this was clearly a guy who like didn't really know what he was doing who just talked for like close to an hour with someone else so yeah no it's interesting i the reason i bring that up is one of your last episodes it's shipping beats perfection right yeah and just the whole idea i've struggled with this right like i started doing a podcast last year as well and just really couldn't find kind of like you said the why with it right and really the meaning behind it and just the idea of being a creator i just didn't like it a whole lot 
And so, you know, it's come to this and I've learned so much from it and I feel like it's getting better, right? And it's only going to get better with more experience, but just the idea mm-hmm. of it's probably not even this, it's probably not going to be as good as I want it to be yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And so can you mm-hmm. just talk through like that yep. whole mindset of, you know, that just the shipping beats perfection, you know, it's not perfect, yep. but you still have to do it. Yeah. I think for me, and this is kind of to what you're speaking to also, I get really caught up in wanting everything that my name is attached to, to be as good as it can possibly be. And I think for the projects that I've worked on in my life, things like Bite Size Philosophy, things like um, I write blogs, things like the blogs that I write, those sorts of different, the content that I put into the world. I think it's more important that I get in a regular cadence of like actually doing that on a consistent basis than it is that I feel like every one of them is perfect. Um, because at least in my own life, I use like the guise of perfection as a way to like justify my inaction. Um, and as a way to justify giving up on projects and a way to like keep them on the shelf because I'm scared and because it's like, it is, it's very vulnerable to like put something that you care about into the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I like, yeah, so, so, uh, shipping beats perfection is a huge thing for me because instead of worrying about, wow, well, I actually took this episode of Bite Size Philosophy and I took it a different path than I was expecting to. And I'm not sure that I liked that instead of being so hung up on, is that the perfect conclusion to the episode? Did I bring up the right anecdotal story? Right. Did I bring up the right point in that? It's more about, no, listening through it, it fits what I want the the podcast mm-hmm. to do, and I should publish it with that, right? Because if it's 80% of what it could be, if it's 90% of what it could be, if it's 50% of what it could be, right, it's still providing value into the world. And for me to, like, put it on the shelf and wait and, like, worry about it and think about it and re-record like seven or eight different drafts of the same episode. Like for me, it's just an excuse because I know that I'm going to find errors with everything that I produce. Um, and so shooting for perfection for me is not actually about gaining perfection. It's about just avoiding having to hit the publish button. Hmm. And so, yeah, well, it's just, it's so interesting you say that. And thank you for kind of being vulnerable there, but I think we all struggle with this, right? Like putting ourselves out there. Yeah. yeah. Right. And especially things that are attached directly to our name. I mean, there's no other excuse that it can be not as good as, you know, what it can be. It's, it's literally us, right. And it's a direct reflection of us, but, um, there's just something beautiful about actually producing your own work and putting it out there, even if it sucks. Right. And there's just, you kind of have to flip the script and say, you know, obviously you want your podcast to, you know, go viral, hit a, you know, hit a bunch of views, hit a bunch of listens, all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. really you can't control that. All you can control is actually getting it out there. And if you never give it out mm-hmm. there, then it's never gonna, it's never gonna get there. So yeah, that's no, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I want to speak a little bit on something that you just mentioned. Um, the like you can't control if you go viral mm-hmm. and that is so true. So as I was setting up Bite Size Philosophy, as I was setting up the podcast, a lot of people were talking to me about what are the goals of your podcast and like, what are like, oh, how many like subscribers do you want? How many like streams? Like, what are your goals for streams for launch and that sort of stuff? And I like 
played into that a lot. And I was like, oh, wow, what if I got like 100 streams on my first episode? That would be awesome, right? And like played into like building these like marks that I could hit. And then I took a step back and I might have been based off a conversation with you, actually. <laughs> and like took a step back and really was like thoughtful about and did some journaling about like, why would I make a goal for something that's completely out of my control? Mm-hmm. For something that I like can't impact at all? Why would I like build goals around that? Because that's going to end up like being frustrating and not not helping me achieve anything that I want to achieve because I can't influence Mm -hmm. it. Like I can influence it a little, right? But I'm not in control of it. And so I've instead shifted and made my the goals for my podcast all about things that I can control. And so one of the goals for my podcast is no episode is over 10 minutes. And so I like, I'm forcing myself to be really concise and really like clear and direct and to the point with all of the episodes, because that to me is the point of the podcast. The other one is I want to release at least 50 episodes of it, like throughout the duration of its life. Mm -hmm. And so I want to follow through and reach 50 episodes. And then at that point I can stop and make a decision of, is this something that's worthwhile? Is this something that I want to continue pursuing? Is this something that I want to keep doing? Or maybe it's not, maybe I've released 50 episodes Maybe that's a great way to cap it off. I don't know. Um, but before that, to not let myself think about, oh, am I getting enough streams? Is it mm-hmm. good enough? Is it providing enough value? I'm like, uh, none of that matters until I hit the 50 mark. Um, and so, yeah, like tying it back, it's not about, oh, I hit 1200 streams. That's an exciting thing. That's not related to any of my goals. And all of my goals are things that that I'm in control of. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think I'm reading Atomic Habits right now. I don't know if you've heard of that mm. book at all by James mm. Clear. Yeah, um, yeah, I've read it. I've read it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a really good one. It just he just talks. You know, goals set the direction, right? But systems are mm-hmm. how you get there. Yeah, right. And your systems of mm-hmm. I don't want it to be over ten minutes. You know, it's stuff, it's stuff like that. The actual process that goes into it is what takes you farther. And so it's just now it's really interesting you say that. Um, something I want to I want to get back to again, and you're just focusing on the things you can control, right? And so I think that yeah. kind of goes back to the five by five rule, right? Like everything that goes in your body, everything mm-hmm. that goes in your mind, all your thoughts, the people you're around, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. How did you come across that idea? And when did you come across it? So the five by five rule, it's an idea that I came across from the writer, James Altucher. Um, and James Altucher, I think he has some books I've not read any of his books. I've just read his blog and listened to some of his podcasts. Um, But he's someone who writes a lot about habits. He writes, he's kind of a funky dude. He writes some some unique stuff. Um, He had a piece a year or so ago about why he and his followers should buy Greenland. So he's a weird dude. But but he wrote an article about the 5 by 5 rule um, and about what it meant to him. and how focusing his energies and focusing his efforts on things that were in his control that had an influence on like the things around him and the people around him, um, was able to, to like get him out of like really hard times and get him out of depression and anxiety and that sort of thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, so I came across it. It was either my freshman or sophomore year at college. I don't exactly remember. Um, but then started to like really live into it and really pursue it and start the practice of writing it out on like 
uh, roughly twice a year. So two or three times a year, I'll like sit down and I'll take an afternoon and I'll write out like, what are the five people I spend most time with? What are the five foods I eat the most? What are the five habits I do the most regularly? Um, what's the content I consume? What are the five ideas I think about the most? Um, and so to like sit down and actually write those out so that I can see it visually and be like, oh, wow, like one of the pieces of content that I consume is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Maybe that shouldn't be, right? Um, and so so it's really helped me to like focus in on actually like what are the things in my control and what are the things that, that I can worry about. And I think especially like right now in this season with like coronavirus and COVID-19 and like all the panic and everything that's out of our control and so many things happening, I think that becomes even more important. And I think being able to, um, like living by design, the other like main idea of the podcast, right. Being able to like actually craft what we want to look like in this season is so important because with, with everything out of our control, right. And with like the global world going mad, right. It's so important for us to be able to focus on things that we're in control of and be able to get up every morning and say, no, I don't care what else is going on. I'm going to read my book. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to check a couple boxes and then I'm going to go for a run and then I'm going to come back and take a nap or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. But to be able to like focus on things that I can control rather than waking up and checking the news and being like, wow, there's more than a million cases worldwide. That's terrifying, right? Mm -hmm. And it is, but I can't do anything about it. And so the only things that I can really worry about is I'm social distancing. I'm staying hygienic. I'm like wiping surfaces down. I'm washing my hands. I'm being careful about all of those things, right? I'm staying in quarantine. And so I'm handling the things that I can handle. And then the world can worry about itself for now, totally. right? Because I can't influence yeah. it. Yeah. And that's, it's just a unique perspective because it's really hard to do that, honestly. Yeah, just frankly. I mean, it is. Yeah, I mean, full transparency. Like, I struggle with that for a little bit, right? You're like, wow. Oh, like, yeah. My whole world's getting, you know, flipped upside down. You know, we're not graduating. Like, mm -hmm. we don't have a graduation ceremony mm -hmm. anymore. You know, I'm going, mm -hmm. going back home, online classes, all these things that are outside of your control. And it just kind of, yeah, it gets you away from you your routine. And so, like yeah. you said, oh, you yeah. really do have to focus back on the habits. And the things you can control. Mm -hmm. I something I read the other yeah. day was, if you're unhappy with where you are now, it said look at the habits you were doing six months ago, or like look at the things you've done for the last six months. Mm. So it's not like, mm. oh wow, I'm unhappy right now. Like let's look what I'm doing right now. It's like look at what you've done for the last six months to a year. If you're unhappy where you yeah. are in a relationship, mm. in a business, in school, with your personal life, with working out, right? I mean, you can go to the gym for mm. two weeks straight. And probably not see a change in your body, right? Right. But if you right. do that for six months or a year, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's just, it was just, it kind of, it made me, kind of refocused me a little bit. Yeah. It was helpful. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, in Atomic Habits, which you mentioned earlier, James Clear actually talks about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he says, um, success is the lagging measure of your habits. So when you like mm -hmm. the same idea, right? When you do your habits, like one month, two months, three months, six months later, like that's when they're having the effect, right? So if I start a new morning routine today, today probably looks the same as yesterday did, right? Mm -hmm. But a month down the road, 
that's when I'm going to start to see things change a couple weeks down the road, right? Yeah. Six months down the road, whenever it is, right? But it's the lagging measure, mm-hmm. right? Well, I absolutely love his analogy. He talks about the ice cube, right? And so mm. it's at the beginning of the book and he just says, you know, you're the ice cubes, it's in a room and you heat, the, it's the room starts at 25 degrees, then you heat it up one degree to 26, nothing changes. Then you go 27, then you go 28, 29, 30, 31, nothing changes, right? And then you go one more degree to 32 degrees and it starts melting, right? And so mm-hmm. you're like, wow, it must've just mm-hmm. been that last one degree. But it was really, Mm-mm. it was those six degrees plus that last one degree that made all the difference. Yeah. And so you, yeah. it's almost, I'm freaking the exact term he uses for it, but it's like the, the place of, it's just kind of like getting over the hump, right? And it's, you have mm-hmm. to get past mm-hmm. this point where the results are actually start to make a difference. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Because, because like we don't see the impact of our habits until they reach a certain point. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. It's, it's about like remembering that, that we have to stick through it until we hit 33 degrees, until we hit whatever that point is. And everything before then matters just as much as that, mm-hmm. but we don't see the impact yeah, of it yet. Seriously, that's so interesting. So I want to bring it back even, so you mentioned sophomore years, kind of when you came across the five by five rule mm-hmm. and you said you were reading a blog. Mm-hmm. And so I think yes. blogs and it's like reading a blog, it's probably, I wouldn't say it's something that everyone does. Right. Just, I mean, just, just starts randomly reading a blog. So I want to get back. Mm -hmm. I know it's been a few years, but why'd you even start reading a blog? Like why, how'd you even come across what even made you want to look for a blog like that? So that, that question starts freshman Mm -hmm. year. The answer to that question starts freshman year. So I came into George Fox university. I was a double major in Christian ministries and marketing. About two months in, I realized Christian ministries is not for me. And I realized I can serve God far better at something that I actually feel called to and passionate about than I can in this ministry position. Um, and so uh, spring semester, I took my first marketing class um, and had a great time. Uh, we built a website. We built a whole marketing plan. We, we got to make up a product. So we had a we made up a washing machine that didn't use water. Um, wow. And so, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, it was the conglomeration of a few existing technologies and then a couple that were made up. Um, and so we built that or like built that, right. We built the marketing plan for that and went from like not having anything to like building the marketing plan, building a website to go with it, building like all these things. Um, and I really fell in love. And I had so much fun doing that and thought that was such a fun thing to do. Um, was really interested by the whole project, so like start to finish. Um, and then that was spring semester. And so then the semester ended and I moved home. Um, uh, we actually had, I had a weird summer after my freshman year. Um, my dad's work moved. And so I'm from Seattle. I've grown up my whole life in, in Renton. But my dad's work was moved to St. Louis for the summer. And so I spent like a month and a half in St. Louis with my two parents and my one brother and no friends. Mm. (laughs) And so I was thinking about like, what, what do I do? Right? Like, how do I fill 24 hours every single day? Right. And I worked out a lot, but I also listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, And so I went into like the Apple podcast function and I searched marketing 
podcast. And the one that popped up at the top was Russell Brunson, who does marketing secrets. He runs ClickFunnels. He's an exceptional person. Um, and so I started listening to his podcast and then listened to, he releases a podcast every day, probably listen to two or three of his podcasts every single wow. day. Um, because I didn't have anything else to do. And so, um, so listen to like a couple of his podcasts every day. And then from that, listen to like, he would bring guests on occasionally or mention people occasionally. And then I would go find their podcasts and listen to them. Um, and then when that, like when I was pretty well caught up with most of his like episodes, I didn't listen to all of his episodes. He's got probably a couple thousand. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, but when I was caught up with like probably the last year of his podcast, um, then I started to look into blogs. And so he doesn't, I didn't read much of his blogs, but I started to go on like medium and on Forbes and entrepreneur and like those sorts of sites and just look up like marketing leadership. Right. And like these very like broad topics and be like, what can I learn while I'm just here doing nothing? Right. And came across a James Altucher article that was 100 things every entrepreneur should know. I was like, huh, that's interesting. Listicles are fun, right? Um, and so I read his like 100 things every entrepreneur should know. Um, and I was like, wow, that was a really good one. Uh, and so I saved that one and like found a few others and saved some of those, uh, saved some of my favorites and then looked back through my saved and of like nine articles, like three or four of them were by James wow. Altucher. And I was like, huh, I should go find his blog and like just read that. And so I did. And that was that this was into the fall of the of my sophomore year now. And um, and at that point ran into the five by five rule it was like, huh, this is an interesting one and read through it. And then I was like, started to think about it. I was like, wow, that actually is huge that actually like could change my life forever. And so started to really think about it and started to apply it later on. And so, wow, that's, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. I just, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I hear you say that too. And you say it kind of came out of you not being able to do anything. Right. And you being stuck with your parents and your brother. And it just like speaks loudly that this is exactly what the rest of the world's going through right now where we're all stuck at home. Right. And Mm -hmm. we're, we're kind of bored. Right. And boredom can either be bad and we want to fill that boredom or that boredom can lead to, all right, what can I fill my time with? That's actually going to help me. And it sounds like you kind of took advantage of that. That's, and that was, what is that? Two years ago, about two years ago now. That was almost three years years ago now. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So I, again, I know it's almost been three years ago, but talk me through how did you go about, you mentioned the Brooklyn nine, nine, you noticed that, but Mm -hmm. what are the other things Mm -hmm. How did you go about applying it, applying the rule? Yeah. So I think for me, in my life, in the way that I work, the most important one of the five by five is the people. And so the most important thing is the people that I spend time with. And so my freshman year, all of my friends were just the people that lived in my same building, like pretty much all of them. Um, And they were definitely friends by convenience. And they were good people, right? Like, I enjoyed them. Um, But they were not friends that I chose, right? They were friends that just, like, ended up there. Um, The the random housing selection algorithm, like, put me with all my friends, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so, then sophomore year, I was thinking about, like, 
what actually do I want out of my friends? Like what, what role do I want my friends to serve in my life? And not that I, like everyone is like filling a purpose or anything, right? Everyone is, but not like, not that everyone is just like a plug and play, like, oh, they're going to solve this problem for me, right? Because people are more than that. But I started to think about how do the people that I spend time with influence the way that I think and understand and see the world. Mm -hmm. And so I started to like really get thoughtful about that. And uh, sophomore year, I spent a ton of time in meditation, a ton of time in solitude, a ton of time journaling, um, a ton of time in prayer just to like kind of figure out like, like God, where, where does, where do I fit in like this story of my life? Right. And so spent a ton of time thinking about that, spent a ton of time with um, people that I really respected and people that I really cared about. And so sophomore year was the first time that I started to reach out to people outside of Fox and ask them for like advice, ask them to like connect, ask them for coffee um, that sort of thing. Um, and started to like, meet people and started to like connect with people outside of the university um, and also people that were not students at the university. Right. So I started to go to professors office hours more, started to um, connect with like staff and faculty that weren't teaching my classes that like I didn't need to be connected with, but wanted to be. And so I started to like grow through that and see like, so we talked earlier about like the lagging measure mm-hmm. is that like success is the lagging measure of your habits. Like I saw pretty immediately the impact that that had, like I didn't wait six months and then start to see an impact. It was like a few weeks down the road. Wow. Right. Um, and that's very unusual. Right. <laughs> and so throughout my sophomore year, like really started to spend time with people like Matt diamond, people like Liz Anderson, some of the area coordinators at the time, um, Lori Kohler, uh, Keenan O'Hearn, mm-hmm. Job Logan, like some of the some of the people that that I like still really respect and still value and prioritize and spend time with. And so what that really looked like was when people invited me to go like hang out on a Friday night or whatever, that I would think about, do I want to even do that? Like, is this the situation and the people and the place that I want to be? Mm-hmm. And that is life-giving and that, like, helps me to grow into who I'm trying to be. Mm. And a lot of the time, like, the answer to that was no for me, right? And it's not going to be no for everyone, right? But for me, the answer to that a lot of the time was no. And so I stopped doing a lot of those things and instead would go and it would be, like, me and Henry Fillmore, my roommate, right? It would be me and Henry, like, staying up late talking about life and talking about, like, our like aspirations and visions and that sort of thing or it'd be me and like austin clark talking about what does it mean to be a white man who's interested in conversations about race Hmm. like what does that look like how do i engage with that right um and so pursued all of these like really thoughtful intellectual discussions with thoughtful intellectual people um and it forced me to grow up so quickly Hmm. Um, because all these people were operating at a different level than me, right? Because I spent time with people that like not were better than me, right? But were more educated and were more thoughtful than me. And I started spending time with them and I realized very quickly, wow, I have to step back and I have to like, like I have to up level myself, Mm -hmm. right? And I have to like get on their level so that I can engage in these conversations and continue to grow. And so that's where like the intersection of the content that I was consuming with like all the blogs and the podcasts and stuff mixed with the people that I was spending time with, um, both were like calling me to be better 
and also showing me how. And so, yeah, that's so great. There's a lot of points I want to pick at there, which are awesome, but <laughs> yeah, just kind of the first thing that pops in my mind is just how much it feels like you've almost conditioned yourself. Right. And I say that, I said, yeah. it might sound a little weird. Let me explain, but you know, I've been reading more about the idea that our brain, we're not as in, like we're in control, right? We're in control of the things we can mm-hmm. control, but our brain is like a computer and you type something into computer and the computer doesn't care what you type into it. Right. You code something into it. Yeah. And if you're coding in negativity, if you're coding in mm-hmm. people that don't really care about their life or don't want to be better or don't mm-hmm. aren't intentional about things or aren't positive or happy, any of that kind of stuff, then that's what your brain's going to be conditioned to. Right. But if you're conditioned yeah. to people better than you, ideas that make you expand your thought that almost make you feel a little uncomfortable, right? Cause you're not that, or you're not there oh, yeah. yet, but things that really call you up, that's how you're going to be conditioned. And so it almost sounds like yeah. a complete like 360 for you a little bit where, it, but in mm-hmm. something I want to point out too, is it didn't happen like overnight, right? I mean, it started slowly no. with like listening to a couple podcasts, then you got into blogs, then you're like, oh man, I yeah. need to hang out with, you know, different people or people that really make me better. And then it was, you know, your other habits and really it just took time, but it's really like, a, it's almost like a snowball a little bit, like going down the mountain yeah, a little bit. And I just think that's so interesting. Yeah. But I would say like it started in like June of 2017, mm-hmm. right? So like right after freshman year and like it's, I'm, I'm still not there. Right. Totally. And then yeah. here, here it is like April of 2020 and I'm like still not there. Right. And so like I like started to change immediately or like a few months in, but like, I'm not close to a finished product, right? I'm not close to where I'm going to be. I'm not close to done. Right. And I think that's the exciting part of like, if, if like you start the journey of like self-improvement and like introspection and like really Mm -hmm. looking at that, you don't have a ceiling on like what you can do and who you can Mm -hmm. become. Right. Mm -hmm. You can continue growing and improving forever. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, let's see, what else was I going to say? What else are you thinking? What I'm, we got a good conversation going. What else are you thinking about? Yeah. yeah. Um, so originally when we like discussed the idea of this podcast, uh, we also discussed like being involved in student leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, we discussed, um, like living on campus and then moving off campus Mm -hmm. and back on campus. Uh, we discussed, um, we discussed branding, like mm-hmm. I run Sigris Media. Mm-hmm. We discussed that some. Um, do you want to like talk about those sorts of topics? Yes. Do you want to cover any of those? One sec. Oh, I was going to ask you, just while we're on the topic. So mm-hmm. you mentioned that you're not there yet. And so I just, wh- what are you thinking about there? Like what is there? If that makes sense. Like how are you thinking about who you want to become, yeah. who you are, stuff like that? I think it's a moving target. Uh, but I think at some point I envision myself as someone who designed my life and designed like my habits and my routines and my, and like all my habits, right? Not just like, Oh, my morning habits. Right. But like my habits of eating, my habits of spending time with people, my habits of like personal hygiene, my habits of like, like everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like the whole spectrum. Um, and I envision my life at a point one day where I have carefully thought about and crafted the habits that I spend in my entire day. And so 
Yeah, so I'm not close to that point mm-hmm. where I have been thoughtful about my whole life. I think there's parts of my life that I've been very thoughtful about. The like books that I read, I'm very thoughtful about what books I read. But like my morning routine, like especially right now with like everything going on, my morning routine has gone out the window, mm-hmm. right? And so I have an alarm for 7:45 every day that I just turn off. That like as soon as it goes on, I'm like, nope, not not doing that today, right? And after that, I don't know the last two weeks or so, which is not a habit that I want to continue. Um, and so like there's there's still parts of my life that I I I didn't craft and I didn't create, and so it's not just that I'm not in control of them, that I don't even feel like my mind is in control mm. of them. And so, mm-hmm. so you're saying you're not perfect? Yeah. Is that what you're saying, Joel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like at some level, like I, I think I am like shooting for something that I can't achieve, mm-hmm. right? But I think I want to have put thought into every aspect of my life in a way that I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So I want to get back to. Yeah. You mentioned sophomore year, and you were an mm-hmm. RA sophomore year as well. So you were involved in I was. leadership, right? So just explain, mm-hmm. like, why did you even want to be an RA? I mean, it just kind of seems like yeah. a, I don't know, it seems like a, not random, but yeah, just explain. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I wanted to be an RA because my freshman year, I really looked up to and admired my RA. Mm-hmm. So Jordan Godoy, if you're listening to this, you were exceptional. You're still an amazing person. Um, um, but my freshman year RA was someone who was really influential in like the way that I showed up at Fox and the way that I grew throughout my freshman year. Um, and I wanted to use my skills because I'm very relational, right? I always have been. Um, so I wanted to use that like skill set and that personality in a way that was uplifting for people. And so... I got to know a lot of the RAs my freshman year and then applied to be an RA my, for my sophomore year because I wanted to like have that impact and I wanted to help people transition into college the way that people had helped me. Yeah. So for my sophomore year, I was able to do that, um, had a blast. I Yeah, I would say like unparalleled. That was the hardest year of my life. Mm. Um, Why is that? And not all, not all due to RA. Um, but there were every single, like, it seemed like every single week, like some crisis came up mm-hmm. that I had to deal with as an RA. So I had to deal with like some title nine, like sexual mm-hmm. assault things. I had to deal with some like some alcohol, like abusive issues. I had to deal with, um, I had, I had students in the hospital almost every day. It felt like I had so many people in the hospital. I was at Providence a lot during my sophomore year and never for me. Um, I had a student who legitimately lost a finger at serve day. Um, yeah, I had, let's see what else. One of my unrelated to being an RA, my sophomore year, one of my best friends and I had a falling out. Um, and so that relationship was like strained. Um, yeah, sophomore year, I think the most like, like crap happened Mm -hmm. my sophomore year. Um, and a lot of that was due to being an RA. Like, a lot of it was, like, resident things and stuff with, like, my floor um, and people in my building. But a lot of it wasn't also. And I think it all kind of hit. Like, there was, yeah, it all kind of hit at the same time. Um, 
so sophomore year i was i was a wreck for most of the year and so that that i think also played a factor in like me pursuing like self-improvement and like personal growth because all the time i was like wow I've no idea what I'm doing. Like, I've no idea how to handle any of these things, right? Like, I've no idea how to be a leader to these guys, mm-hmm. right? I've no idea, like, how to support these people. Um, and so I think, like, wanting to pursue how can I be a better leader? How can I be a better person? How can I be a better friend to all of these people? Um, yeah, I think they're, like, it all played together, right? And so, so, yeah, I also had an exceptional, like, RA staff around me to like support me. So people like Austin Clark, Lauren Lunt, uh, Juan DeHowitt, Jax Whitehurst, Anna Bradshaw, uh, Liz Anderson, Megan Dwyer, like some exceptional, amazing people around me who were able to like speak truth into my life and like pour into me and be able to call me out when I was like, not, not at my best Mm. and be able to say like very lovingly, Joel, you need space and like you can't do this right Mm -hmm. now like you need to like go like take space alone like cut out some commitments like refill your life before you can pour into other people's Mm, totally and i hadn't really ever had anyone talk to me that way before and so it was really cool to have like those people around me like call me out on like my bs right and and be able to like cut through that and speak through that to a point that like made me aware of what I was doing that I didn't even know. So that's awesome. And it goes back to who you're around, right? And the people that really influence exactly. you. That's amazing. Exactly. And something that I think yeah. is really interesting about your story is that so you went through all that, right? One of the toughest times of your life. And then so you decide to move off campus, right? The next mm-hmm. year. But then for whatever reason you decide to be a RA as a senior as well. Come back. So just just walk yeah. walk me through what you were thinking with that. Yeah. Yeah. So then after my sophomore year, my junior year, um, I ran to be the vice president of marketing for ASC. Mm. Um, no one ran against me, so I won. Congrats. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was very anticlimactic. I was really looking forward to running like a, like a marketing campaign for that. And then no one ran against me. And mm. I was like, well, I don't need to do any of that. Um, but so for my junior year then like the whole the whole way that student government was set up split um and it ended up turning into student activities uh which wasn't wasn't something that i was passionate about it didn't align with like my strengths the same way that like government would have um and so junior year i moved off campus so that i could do that position um, and i moved off campus to live with friends um and to be able to like pursue that posi- that position And then very quickly, I realized student activities was not the place for me. It was not something that I was passionate about. It was not something that I was very good at. Um, And so I was the director of marketing for it for... So technically, I started in like February and started like the planning and the prep and stuff. um, And then did it through the following December, at which point I was hired at Intel. and so at that point, I was like, something has to move. I also started the business bridge that year. Mm-hmm. I was like, something has to move. Um, and so I stepped down from the student activities position. I was like, I don't really provide a lot of value for them anyway. Like, like that's the that's the department, that's the position that needs me the least. 
And so I'm going to step out of that position because I, it needs me the least. It's the least life giving for me. I'm the worst at it. Um, and so, and so I stepped out of that position so that I could go work at Intel. Um, and then, uh, really felt my junior year did not have the same accountability that I had had my sophomore year. Hmm. Um, and did not have the same, like the people around me to push me and challenge me the way that my RA staff had my sophomore year. Mm. And so, um, so I wanted that back basically. Um, and so I reapplied to be an RA again because I wanted the people in my life to challenge me, um, in ways that I hadn't had my junior year. And so I applied again. I actually applied for assistant area coordinator, um, for the AAC position was not hired for that. Um, and so I applied for RA, was hired to be an RA for um, HMS, came back and did it. It was good. It was not what I was mm-hmm. expecting it to be. Um, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I mean, the, the one thing I do want to highlight is, I mean, just a common pattern that you see something that you don't like and you actually take initiative with it, right? And you actually take action. Because mm-hmm. it's really easy to get an analysis paralysis sometimes. But you seem to do a pretty good job of actually taking action and doing something about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that comes back to the quote that we talked about at the beginning was like shipping Mm -hmm. beats perfection of like, for me, I don't have to know what the perfect thing is, but I can keep moving and keep bouncing around thing to thing until I find what the right one is. Totally. And I'm like, I'm comfortable doing that. I'm okay doing that. Um, That's been the the way that I've lived my life the last few years. Mm So yeah, no, I love that. Um, and something, I, so something I want to transition again. So we talked about this kind of at the beginning of the podcast, but really the whole idea behind your podcast, right. And you're a marketer. Yeah. Right. And so I just, how are you thinking about branding and especially in a world with so much social media, so much internet presence, how, you know, it's branding's kind of become a buzzword a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we're all branding ourselves, whether we post something on Instagram and we're not being intentional about like that's our brand right and Mm -hmm. on facebook Mm -hmm. social media all that kind of stuff and so how are you thinking about that or how how is your changing even how is your thinking even changed when you think about that yeah yeah uh so brand is just reputation um and i think like i think my sophomore year and even my junior year i got really caught up in like the buzzword of branding right and that branding is something that like Gary Vee talks about. Branding is something that you can read infinite books about. Branding is something that like I think is such like a hot topic and a hot like buzzword. And I think it's made more businessy than it needs to be. Because at the end of the day, your brand is just your reputation. And so for me, I've thought about this year especially, my brand as Sigrist Media my brand as Bite Size Philosophy, my brand is now the Pro Link, which I just launched. Um, also, if you need help with your LinkedIn, Thanks, well, just talk about <laughs> it real quick. What, what's Pro Link? Actually, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that after. We'll come back to it. I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll circle back yeah. to that. We'll circle back to that. Um, and so I've been thinking about like my brand as like, what do people know me for? Mm-hmm. And like, what do people know like when, when Joel shows up, when Joel posts something, when Joel releases a podcast, like what do people expect and what do people like know is coming? What shows up with me when I show up? Like what else shows up? Um, which I'm actually going to do a podcast. That's about. awesome. Um, and so I, I think about branding not as like, oh, what's the color scheme that like is mine, right? Like what are the, 
like words that I use. I think about it more as a feeling and more as an emotion than I do anything else. Um, because I want people to know that like when I post something, it's thought out, it's thoughtful. And hopefully there's like some value in it. That's like thought provoking. Um, and I want that to be for my podcasts. I want that to be for my, um, Instagram posts for my, I don't, I don't care about my Twitter, um, but for my LinkedIn, uh, I use my Twitter just to follow fantasy football stuff. Um, but, but I want it to be like for my Instagram, for my LinkedIn, for my podcast. Um, and also for my conversations. Like if you text me, like I want to be thoughtful, I want to be thought provoking and I want to be like challenging and supportive. Right. Um, and so, like, I think those things play into my branding a lot more. Like, a lot of marketers, I think, and a lot of, like, Instagram entrepreneurs think about branding far more visually than I do. Um, like, I, if you go to my, like, Instagram page, like, I don't have, like, a mood. Like, I don't have, like, like not all the posts have the same filter. Like, not all the posts, like... They're not all curated to like be posted at the perfect time. Like I posted one at like 2 a.m. the other day because I was like, nah, it's on my mind. And so I like threw it up. Um, and so like for me, it's less about you know, like, oh, all of my posts have my logo in the corner. And it's more about like, like I have the same profile picture on all my platforms. Mm-hmm. And it's more about like when you see that I posted it, you know that it's thoughtful and you know that it's thought provoking. Mm-hmm. And that that's like the point of it. And so yeah, I like that a lot. And it's, yeah, no, it's, that's really interesting. So I want to ask you, how do you think about, you know, cause there's kind of like the social, like the internet brand a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's become such a big thing, at least honestly, even since we've been in college, it's become huge. Yeah. And then, but then like you said, it's branding is what do people know you for? Right. And so how do you, I mean, is this, would you say your brand outside of the internet like is the same? Like someone that knows you off the street that doesn't follow you on social media, would you say that brand is the same? Do you care if it's the same? Just kind of walk me through that. My goal is that I'm the same person everywhere. And so my goal is that if you have a class with me or if you live in India and listen to my podcast or if you are my brother, that like like everyone knows the same person and that I'm thoughtful and that I'm thought provoking. Um, and so I think, yeah, so I don't know that I am at that point that like, like not all my interactions are thoughtful and thought provoking, right? Like I know that, but I want to like get at a point where I'm thinking about that and I'm continuing to pursue that in, in everything mm-hmm. and like moving forward that like, that it's not just my like podcast that's thoughtful and thought provoking. It's not just my Instagram that's thoughtful and thought provoking, but this conversation is mm-hmm. thoughtful and thought provoking that when I get off the phone and when I go make lunch and my roommate comes in and gets something out of the fridge and talks to me that I'm thoughtful and thought provoking mm-hmm. that like throughout my entire life, I'm able to like be thoughtful, be caring, be supportive and also be thought provoking and like force people to like, question some of their assumptions and to like challenge people in like a supportive and loving way. And that like, my goal is to be able to do that everywhere. Um, and I, I don't think I'm quite there, but yeah, no, but I'm, I'm thinking about yeah, that. No, yeah. it's, I mean, I can tell you're definitely intentional about it. And I think you are like, I think you're definitely, I think, I mean, just full transparency, just from, I've known you, I think you've even gotten better at that. 
And so I think you're definitely growing up there. Yeah. So, um, I just, the reason I ask is I think it's really hard sometimes, right? Because it's easy to kind of put on, not this facade, but I mean, kind of this facade really where you can kind of Mm -hmm. create how people want to see you online, but you can be a completely different person, like actually in person. And so I just, I appreciate kind of that transparency because it's definitely not easy and it's something I've even struggled with, right? It's like, mm-hmm. how do you want people to see you? And, you yeah. know, Instagram and social media can just be this snapshot in time. But if it doesn't feel like yeah. you, I struggle with that. And so I think, yeah, no, and I think your perspective has helped me a lot, even as we've gotten close to the last year. And so I definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Because mm-hmm. I think also like for for us, right? Like I, I am still a person, right? And so like for me to be posting things on Instagram, like my followers, a lot of them I know personally, right? Like I would probably say like 70, 80% of my followers, like I know personally, Mm -hmm. right? And so for me to like post things that are like inauthentic and like disingenuous to who I am, I'm like, people will call me on it. Like everyone knows, yeah. right? I'm yeah. like, I'm like the, the people that follow me and see my posts are the same people that I like run it. Well, I mean, I don't run it anyway anymore, <laughs> but like, they're the same people that I like text and talk to. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm like, no, like I have to be the same person or else people know. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like a lot of my followers like know me in multiple mm-hmm. like capacities. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's helpful. Know. So, I mean, both of us are in business, right? And you're yes. a marketer. I mean, I'm in finance, but it's still, I think it's definitely, you care about your brand, right? And you want to, you want to portray mm-hmm. that to people. But would you, I mean, is brand important for everyone? Like is brand important for some random scientist that doesn't really, yeah, I mean, just, I, I want you to talk through that. Cause it's, yeah. I mean, this, yeah. this seems like a very relevant conversation for us, but I'm just curious if you have a perspective on if it's really relevant for everyone. Yeah. So... I would say brand looks different for everyone, Mm. but I also think about brand as just reputation. Mm. Like that's all it is. Right. And so if you think about someone like Albert Einstein, like Albert Einstein had an exceptional brand. I'm not sure if he ever used that word in his life. Mm. Right. Because you don't have to think about it as branding for it to be branding. Mm -hmm. And so for someone who's in the sciences or for someone who's in elementary education or for someone who's in engineering or for someone who's in Christian ministries or whatever that is, right? Your reputation matters because it's what people know you for. And so if you like, as you show up to job interviews, like if people have interacted with you before and you were crappy to them, they know Mm -hmm. that's your brand and you have a really negative brand, right? That's your brand. Versus like if you show up and you don't have to like run a podcast to have a brand. Everyone has a brand, mm-hmm. right? And and not, just not everyone manages it, right? But everyone has a brand. And so if you like, if you are applying for jobs and the only reason that you're in the interview is because like your like uncle works at the company or like your dad works at the company, it's like, yeah, you d- your brand is pretty like minimal, mm-hmm. right? Your like reputation is like, uh, probably doesn't follow you much, right? Doesn't precede you much. And so like you need to show up and like prove, prove that your reputation can be positive, right? And prove that your brand can look good. And I think that's like, I think that's true of everyone, mm-hmm. right? Because as you build a network, as you like continue to know people, like word spreads. 
And like we talk about, so in business, we talk about, it's not always about what you know, it's about who you know, Mm -hmm. right? And that as you know people, they can get you in the door for interviews and they can get you jobs, right? Mm -hmm. That's true everywhere. That's not just true in the business Mm -hmm. world, right? But like I have science, I have friends in like STEM and like sciences that are like, yeah, my, like, I know someone at this company so they can help me, they can help get me in, right? I know someone in this grad school so they can help get me in, right? Like everyone knows, like everyone uses networking and uses mm-hmm. relationships to get in places. And if you have like a bad reputation, if you treat people badly, those those people you know are not going to help you, right? And so I think brand does matter for everyone because your brand and your reputation is like the reason that people will help you. Mm-hmm. If you, like, have a bad brand as, like, a scientist or an engineer or anything, like, that has a really negative thing because Mm -hmm. it has, like, like, it's a negative reputation. People aren't going to help you. Yeah, totally. And it's, we we touched on this, but, I mean, literally one of my biggest breakthroughs in college was meeting with people more successful than I was. Oh, yeah. Right? And talking to them and picking their brain and getting in relationship with them and actually not doing it just so they can get me somewhere, but actually being genuinely curious Right, not and having these and learning. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly it. And curiosity just kind of carries that. And I mean, going to George Fox, it's a small school, and outside of the Pacific Northwest, no one really knows you, right? And so it's really, I nope. mean, it's exactly what you said. It doesn't necessarily guarantee you the job, but at least gets your it gets your name heard, right? And then it's mm-hmm. that's what's in your control is you can capitalize on an opportunity, but like these relationships yeah. kind of at least give you the opportunity. Right. And it's still on you yeah. to take advantage of it. But like you said, without these relationships, without this network, I mean, there would be a lot less opportunities. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's so true. Yes. Yeah. Like cold calling to jobs, like it's really hard. Right. It's really <laughs> tough. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so, you, like, like pretty much everyone needs to know someone to mm-hmm. get in. Right. And if you have like a bad reputation, if you have a bad brand, like those people aren't going to help mm-hmm. you get in. Mm-hmm. So. Totally. And so we're going to get a little businessy here just because I want to hear it. And you're yeah. very entrepreneurial and I think people can learn a lot from that. So I guess we can start out more with, and this, and I guess this applies to everyone because everyone's going to be either graduating soon or has a job and they're thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But talk me through, you've been at Intel for over a year now interning. Yes. Right. And so, yes. I mean, we, we can get into the details, but I mean, just to kind of summarize it, it sounds, I mean, you've moved to a couple teams You've had a lot of great experience in marketing, but it's looking like it's uncertain if they're going to bring you back. And really that's across all the way across the board with how much reorganization is going on. And so just talk me through, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I I can't imagine interning over for over a year somewhere and then not being hired back, you know, because obviously they're keeping you around, but then not having that full-time offer waiting. So how, how has that been? Uh, bizarre. <laughs> so I actually, um, I have an update for you let's about this that we haven't no, talked about yet, but Monday, so Monday I logged in again last week. I was offline. Um, the week before I was offline, um, just with everything going on. Um, I was like, Hey, like I talked to my manager, Emily, I was like, Hey Emily, like I'm not going to be online for the next two weeks. Um, just so that I like figure out where I'm living, figure out like my life, make sure that my family's safe. Like all these things are more important than my job. Right. I was like, I'm going to figure those things out. And like, if you need something from me, like first off, I'm an intern. So you don't, but like (laughs) second off, second off, I'm like, uh, like you can shoot me a text and I'll like jump online and like do it if it's quick. Right. Um, so I was offline for two weeks and then, um, came back online Monday, had a meeting with my manager. 
And I was like, hey, like the first thing that I want to discuss as like, as like what's going on is I want to catch up on like, where is AIPG? Like where's the artificial intelligence product? Um, and basically it doesn't exist anymore. Wow. The team that I was on two weeks ago no longer exists. <laughs> and I was like, oh. What? Yeah. <laughs> so that was not the answer that I expected. Um, and so, like, we talked through what that means. And basically, she's been transitioned to a different uh, different org, uh, which is actually the org that I was in for the first mm-hmm. 10 months of my internship. That uh, was where I had my first internship. Um, and so a bunch of things have changed. Even the name of it has changed. Uh, but... Like, it's somewhere that I know. Like, I know the products. I know the process. I know, like, all those things. Um, and so, uh, it looks like I will be then interning with her in that department for the next month. And then, and then I don't know. Then we're still at the same place for what what does it look like after graduation. Yeah. Um, but now, like, she and I are in a more stable team, hmm. in a more stable environment, in a more stable org that is not like dependent on one person Mm. staying in the company. And so I think there, like there might be a chance Mm. that I stay. It's still up in the air. Um, But I think thinking of like coming back to your question, um, thinking about like, what does life after graduation look like now with like, after being at Intel for, I've been there for 16 months now. Like maybe I'm not staying like, yeah, it's frustrating. Um, And it's like, it's, I'm frustrated with Intel. I'm also like frustrated with God. I'm like, I like spent a lot of time here. I spent a lot of time like investing in this where I thought that I was supposed to be. Mm. And now what? Mm. Right. And like, now where am I supposed to go? Um, so I've talked to a couple other companies, um, but it looks like, I mean, those are up in the air also, right? Everything's mm. up in the air right now. Um, and so I've talked to a couple other companies. I'm hoping to hear back next week sometime, but I'm kind of like, I don't know where I'm going mm-hmm. next. I don't know what's happening next. And so that's where the pro link mm-hmm. actually comes mm-hmm. in. Um, yeah, because I, so the pro link is a uh, LinkedIn optimization, like service, uh, where as like we are, like we're all in this place. Right. And moving from, um, moving from college, moving from university where kind of everything's laid out for you. Right. To a world after, um, trying to get hired in this economy is tough mm-hmm. right totally and like unemployment there's like six million people that filed for unemployment and last that's week. it's been two that's weeks insane. it's been two weeks since we've been shut down too it's like yeah, yeah it's kind of scary definitely yeah like we're at the start of this mm-hmm. right this is things are not winding down yeah. things are winding up yeah. right and so like thinking about how in the world are we going to get hired are we going to get jobs are like the people that are in the are in similar positions to me or even like worse positions than me right like i've got i've got three potential companies that like i'm talking to you right i'm like i feel good about that mm-hmm. right but people that are in a place that's like not as good mm-hmm. as that people that are in a place that's like i don't know like what what's next yeah. like that's so tough right and so i launched the pro link with a couple other students um to do like LinkedIn optimization so that we can help people build their profiles and get their profiles up to speed so that they speak the same language as recruiters and so that they can showcase their skills and talents, right? Because this is something that's been frustrating for me for a long time is that the skills that you need to apply for jobs and to get interviews and to get hired are different skills than what you need to be good at the job, Hmm. right? 
and they're related skills in a lot of cases, but they're different skills, right? And so a lot of like, like for a lot of marketing people, like the skills overlap a lot, right? Because you're selling yourself and then you're selling other things, mm-hmm. right? But for a lot of people in finance or for people in um, engineering or for people in like CS, like they're n- the skills don't overlap, mm-hmm. right? Like being able to like look at like spreadsheets and like pull insights from data is not at all a skill that like gets you an interview, mm-hmm. right? Like having that skill gets you an interview, but that's not the skill you're using to find jobs and to get interviews, right? And so I, as someone who like have, has spent a lot of time in that, um, and Kevin Chalumbo also is on the team, has like spent a lot of time like thinking about that, like doing that. Um, we launched the pro link so that we can help the like really impressive students, like the students who have really prominent skills, but aren't really sure how to sell it and how to position themselves and how to get like noticed by recruiters and how to get applications. Um, we as the pro link want to like partner with these students to get them to help them find interviews and help them find companies to work with. And so, so my plan at this point, um, if none of these three companies that I'm talking to like pick me up is to then run the pro link full time and be able to help wow. other people like find, find companies to talk to and find um, companies to like, interview them and mm-hmm. to like be able to find jobs because in this like yeah right like we're entering a recession or like maybe worse right and so to be able to have like people to be able to like find jobs in this is a very tough thing and so mm-hmm. i want to be able to use my skills in that to like help people find companies they're interested in and help those companies find these candidates and be able to like help connect them mm-hmm. so that's awesome i just love i mean it's not even like you've been told yet, told no yet for your jobs or your positions. And you're still just trying to take action to say, you know, like, I want to make sure I want to make the most out of things. Right. And I just, Mm -hmm. that says so much just more than, you know, outside of even just work or finding a job, it's like in relationships and everything. So I just, yeah, that's, that's so awesome. Really cool, Joel. Yeah. Yeah. So how can people, let's say they do want to up their LinkedIn profile. How can they, how can they find it? Yeah, so if you go to the prolink.net, um, it's just spelled P R O L I N K. Yep, yep. Um, the prolink.net, so T H E P R O L I N K. Um, dot net, not dot com, dot net. Um, we have a website up there, um, and we've got a form there. Also, if you look up the prolink on Instagram or on LinkedIn, uh, we have pages there. Nice. Um, that you can follow and then we have a form that you can fill out to contact us and then we'll schedule a call and then we'll actually go in and use our skills and build your profile uh, we'll do some like temporary password switching and that sort of stuff so that we have access to it um, and then we'll actually go in and we'll build your profile for you based on the positions you want the jobs that you want um, like the goals that you have mm-hmm. and the aspirations that you have and we'll we'll then build your profile in a way that you can connect with those positions. That's awesome, so. dude. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so, all right. So I want to, I want to get to our last kind of topic that we're going to talk about, but so you just kind of had some big news outside of work and in a yes. certain relationship. Yes. So kind of yes. break the news to people and explain what's kind of yes. going through your mind. Yes. Yeah, so I got engaged, um, a little bit under a month ago. Uh, so to my wonderful fiance, Noel, um, <laughs> Yes. And so we're engaged. Uh, yeah, it's a weird time to be engaged. Like it's a weird time to do anything, but it's a weird time to be planning a wedding. Um, uh, it's hard to like find venues and stuff right now. Um, yeah. So I think it's, 
yeah, it's we've entered like a weird season. Um, I'm feeling really blessed because we got engaged on March 7th. Uh, March 12th was when like everything hit the fan and like the world started to shut down. So we got like four or five days before that to like be with our friends, to be on campus, like to be around and like be engaged and get to celebrate that with our people before we were like pushed into quarantine. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so that was really a God thing that like we got those like four or five days with people. Um, cause that was awesome. Right. And that was like fantastic to be able to celebrate with, mm-hmm. with friends and with, um, with the people that are important to yeah. us. Um, and so now like now we're going to get married. So, uh, just exciting. So we're hoping to get married in about six months. We're looking at October as like a potential time for like wedding. Um, I think it's going to be interesting and challenging to do that, like to plan that in the middle of everything going on. Um, it already has been challenging to plan that in the middle of everything going on. So, uh, yeah, so I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be an interesting challenge, um, to figure out what that looks like. Uh, we've, we're thinking about like potentially some like unorthodox, like Mm. wedding plans. So we might do like just like a small friends and family thing in October and then like next October or like next spring or whenever, um, then do like really a celebration with people. Um, because like there's a chance that in October like all the COVID nineteen stuff hasn't calmed mm-hmm. down, and it's illegal to have like more than fifty people, yeah. right? And so, yeah. so we're trying to think about like because I I for sure don't want to like spend hours and like days pouring like so much time and effort and money into like planning a wedding that then can't even happen. Totally. So. Totally. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know, but. But it's it's very exciting for sure. Um, like the thing that I am confident in and that know that I know about is that like she and I are going to get married and it's going to be awesome. So That's so cool. Yeah, that makes me so happy yeah. to hear. Um, I yeah. just got to ask you just because I just want to hear how you're thinking and I think people can get a lot out of mm-hmm. it. So you know we're seniors in college right now, right? And I'm sure you've yes. announced this before, but just kind of why did you ask now versus waiting a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I wanted to get it in before the global pandemic. <laughs> of course you knew, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, no, I think on a more real note, like, I wanted to, like, so we've been together, like, close to a year and a half now. Um, and, like, I've known for a while that, like, she's the one, right? Like, I've been thinking about this since last May. Wow. So, like, I've been thinking about this for, like, close to a year, right? Um and first started really seriously like considering it in like November mm-hmm. was like when I started to be like, yes, like I'm going to ask her to marry me. Now I just need to figure out like when and how and like what and like all that stuff. Right. And so like I talked to both of our families over like winter break um, and was like, hey, like this is the plan. Are you like, what do you think about that? Right. Um, <laughs> and they like both of our families are really on board with us and everything. Um, but then I really wanted to do it like during school because I wanted our friends to be around to celebrate Mm. it. Right. That's awesome. And like, I wanted to be able to celebrate it with like the people that are important to us. So she also is a Fox student. Right. And so we have a lot of mutual friends. We have a lot of shared friends. We have a lot of, um, people that care about us as individuals, but also care about us as a relationship. Um, and I really wanted to make sure that we got engaged while those people were still around to like appreciate it with us and to like celebrate with us. Um, because it would be like, 
like if I had done it like yesterday or something, it'd be kind of a letdown. Like we, (laughs) I like we then would have just like gone and like spent the evening in her apartment and like made dinner and been like, cool. Right. And like, and so I think I wanted to like do it while people were still around to celebrate it. Um, I didn't know that people were only going to be around for another week. Um, I thought we were going to have a little more time. Um, but yeah, yeah. I wanted to do it then. Um, yeah, for those reasons mostly. That's so, so cool. Dude, congrats again. Yeah. That's, that's so exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's so exciting. Yeah, it is. All right, Joel. Well, I want to wrap up here. And you are a huge book reader. And you have been for last year. Yes. So how many books did you read last year? And how many are you trying to read this year? Last year, I read 36 books. This year, my goal is 45. I've kind of gotten sidetracked over the last few weeks. Um, so I don't know if I'll make 45. Um, but I'm going to give it a good shot. I'm at, I think, 10. Mm-hmm. So, Alrighty. And so that's yeah, awesome. So you read a ton. Yeah. Give me, I don't know if, can you limit it to three, your top three books that you feel like every, My that are applicable books. to everyone that everyone has to read? Um, I'm going to split it up a little okay, bit. Let's hear it. So I'm going to do the top three business books and then the top three not business Love books. It. So the top three business books, I would say Good to Great by Jim Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one that everyone should read. Uh, it talks about how good companies become and stay great companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone should read it. Exceptional. It's got like five takeaways or something. It's so good. Um, another one I would recommend is The 4-Hour Workweek mm-hmm. by Tim Ferriss. Um, that's a wacky perspective on careers um, that I don't think a lot of people talk about. Like, especially in higher ed. Like, no, we're never going to read a book called The 4-Hour Workweek, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, but that, like, changed the way that I... Like, think about my life and think about my career. Mm-hmm. Exceptional. And then the third one, I would say, is by Peter Drucker. Uh, I just finished it. It's called The Effective Executive. Mm-hmm. And it talks about, like, being effective and not being, not just being productive, but being effective. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, those are the three. Good to Great, The 4-Hour Workweek, The Effective Executive. On books that are not all business related, I would say Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, talks about like shame and vulnerability and leadership, uh, which I think is huge. I would say Atomic Habits by James Clear, which we talked about already today. Um, and then I would say uh, When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi, K-A-L-A-N-I-T-H-I. Um, and that that book is that book is sad so if you that one's that one's a work of nonfiction, and it's sad so if you don't deal well with like death maybe you shouldn't read it um but it's about a neurosurgeon who was diagnosed with terminal cancer um and it's a his reflections on like as a as a medical practitioner how does he process through having terminal cancer and having an end date on his life um yeah, it was one of the most like, like impactful mm. books that I've that I've read in a long that's time. So good, so. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. It's a unique selection too. I mean, that's something you would yeah. think about reading. I think that's so cool. Yeah. 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 So. Well, all right, Joel. Thank cool. you so much, dude. This is awesome. Thank you, Lynn. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. For sure. All right. Yes, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And that wraps up this episode of the Grasping Life Podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Feel free to subscribe for new episodes. And if you got any value out of this, feel free to share it with someone else who might as well. I would love to connect with you on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn if you search for Lane Kimbrough. And it would make me super happy if you wanted to chat about it on the phone. 
My number is 720-625-2905 and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. Until next time.